0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And we are back, folks, for another edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider. The summer hiatus is officially over, and we are back talking recruiting as the season is set to get underway. And recruiting, if Michigan has its druthers, will hit overdrive because if it does, that means the season is going well. It always goes well on the podcast because I have, without question, I'm partnered with, friends with, work with the best crew around. I, you know, you you know you got a great crew when you leave and they don't even know you're gone. <laughs> and that's that's how it is with my crew over at the Michigan Insider. Bryce is away this week, so it's Steve Lorenz and I on the Michigan Recruiting Insider. Steve, how you doing, man?
1: Great, Sam. Glad he had a good vacation and uh, yeah, ten days. Right. Yeah, man. It 10 was days to kick kickoff. Yeah. So. 10
0: days to kick off. And uh, again, I, I think as we'll get to a little bit later in the podcast, I think they're to the point where the season is going to make a difference with recruits, but we'll break that down a little bit later. Right now, I want to remind you, if you like this podcast, be sure to rate it, be sure to review it, be sure to tell all your friends about it. Uh, and of course, if you want the inside scoop, the inside dish on recruiting on practice, we have some more practice updates uh, coming this week then you can subscribe to the michiganinsider.com for just a dollar for the first month don't miss out on the opportunity but steve i mentioned being out being away on vacation while i was away there were rumors there was scuttlebutt that michigan was about to pick up a big a big guy on the defensive line a big huge guy out of out of florida but you guys At TMI, you had the real scoop. You and Bryce were saying all along uh, that that commitment was not going to go down. Kind of take us through what happened with Tafik Thomas.
1: Right, so Tafik Thomas, uh, teammates with uh, Mario Eugenio, the edge commitment, committed a couple months ago. Uh, Michigan, I would say keeping the seat warm, I guess would be the best phrase probably to use in how Michigan's recruited him. Uh, They have talked to him. They have been recruiting him. uh, But a guy that, really the throughout the entirety of his recruitment has been lower on the board uh, at that like nose tackle position. Now we know we've talked about Kenneth Grant. There's other guys we're going to discuss. I mean, Michigan definitely needs a guy like that in the middle for this cycle. I mean, there's no doubt about it. They don't really have anybody like that on their roster right now, uh, a 330, 340 kind of guy uh, that can just plug the hell out of the middle. Uh, Thomas though was not that guy. So actually, uh, I, be- I believe the the idea was he was I think he may have been planning to try to commit to Michigan uh, last weekend, but, you know, I don't know lack of communication or what the deal was, but Michigan is, it was not a take for Michigan uh, has not been a take for Michigan. I I don't know if, if the way this all played out means he's not even going to be an option if they miss on some guys or not. I don't know if that ship is completely sailed. Uh, The way it was always explained to us is that he was a, you know, there's guys that don't have a committable offer right away. They, they haven't gotten to see him in person, exactly, first of all. Exactly. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. He was supposed to come up this summer. it wasn't able to work out. Um, you know, i just be honest. Uh, Michigan, like his top four, his final four, I believe, was Kansas, South Florida, and I, I can't remember who the fourth was. Um, not prudent of Michigan to maybe take a commitment from somebody if they're battling those types of schools when they haven't seen – the prospect in person mm-hmm. or gotten to evaluate them in person. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. yes, they need guys in the middle, but you know, you would be probably ending your chances with Kenneth grant and really any guy that you might find, you know, that's what we're going to talk. We've, we've talked a lot about this senior for the senior year for a lot of these 22s, they might find some guys, a lot of schools might find some guys that nobody really knows about yet. Still, uh, so, you know, you're, you'd be kind of giving away that chance with with any of those other possibilities. So for Michigan, yeah, and you talked, Sam, you mentioned this season's gonna play such a big role. You know, I think if you're Michigan, you get get on the field, maybe try to start to win some football games and then try to get some some guys that are higher on your board. Um, and that's that's what kind of won out in the end and was really was what what Michigan was looking at uh, from the outset here. So never was going to be a commitment on Saturday. We've been saying I mean, this isn't even, wasn't even a new thing this weekend. Sure. We've been saying this for right. like over a month at least. You know when there was start there was some rumors and some buzz about that. So, um, so yeah, they'll keep on Kenneth Grant and then some other guys we're going to talk about here and uh, go from there with it.
0: Yeah, you know before I went, it, it, like you said, Ta'fik Thomas is the name that we had heard for a while as a guy that they were monitoring, and so it just didn't even make sense to think that they would be ready to take him right now because the 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 primary reason why they were monitoring was they they needed to evaluate him. They needed to see uh, how he moved. He's a bigger guy. But how well does he move uh, at that size? I, I think they wanted to see that. They wanted to see him in some game action. No games have been played yet, so it it just never added up. Uh, it never would have added up to me, and it clearly didn't add up to you guys that he would have been uh, a take at this point. Now, you know, does that mean uh, does that mean that they won't keep monitoring him? I don't necessarily think that that's the case. But that's just not a move that you make right now, not with so many guy other guys that you're looking at. We'll talk about some of the the names that they have expanded the board with guys that they have evaluated uh and are are look are pushing for right now. And then some of the the guys that you know about already that are still on the hook that are are looking at how you do in the recruiting class. That's the other thing, Steve. I mean, it's like, you know, let, let, let's set aside, there are certain guys that you recruit that they don't care. It's like you take a guy at their position, and it doesn't matter that you took a guy at their position, that won't scare them off. But you, you take a guy, they look at who they're gonna be playing with, and they're like, is that a guy? Like, is that a guy that I'm gonna, you know, that I'm gonna ride with, that I'm gonna win with? So does it send the right message to recruits like Walter Nolan? And so Walter Nolan came out with his top three. This is a couple of weeks after uh, you know, our Tennessee site reported a top three. So that that top three, the Tennessee site reported, was Texas A and M, Tennessee, and Florida. What was so uh, you know, maybe surprising about that particular top three was Texas A&M was in it and Texas A&M hadn't even been in this top five. His dad reached out to me after the fact and said, hey, look, I see people reacting to this. That is not his final three. That's just his top three. You know, his the main schools that he mentioned in his five are all still in the mix, still going to see all of them still getting out on a visit to Michigan. As a matter of fact, we're going to be visiting Michigan twice. We're going to visit Michigan for the Washington game, he said, "My family's going to do that without me because I have some things going on here in Tennessee." And then we're coming back for the Ohio State game. Fast forward to today, and a graphic with his top three, which has changed again. Now it's it's uh, Tennessee still the mainstay, uh, Texas a and and now Georgia. The uh, ironically, Georgia was <laughs> was the team that mom and dad they were a little uh, they were a little. Uh, You know, kind of, uh, you know, disappointed in in some of the reaction when they weren't in the top three before with how Georgia reacted to that. But that shows you how quickly things change. So now all of a sudden, Florida isn't in the top three and Georgia is in it. This is a recruitment that, as long as you aren't eliminated, as long as he is going to take a visit, that school is going to have a shot. So, why isn't Michigan in the top three? It's not surprisingly steve we talk a lot about nil right and dad said hey man they're actually doing a great job with nil well what is it steve they're looking at the recruiting class and i mean they're they're seeing some momentum in other classes uh they talked about being impressed with some of the guys that tennessee picked up uh you know they cited jordan phillips how how ironic is that a guy who was silently committed to michigan uh his commitment helping tennessee and Uh, They see some momentum in those recruiting classes uh, in addition to maybe some of those Georgia's more of a proven commodity on the field, as is uh, A&M to a certain extent. So uh, I think for Michigan, one of the reasons why they've been downgrade or maybe the biggest reason is that they have questions about how things are going to play out on the recruiting trail, specifically along the defensive line. Not getting Jordan Phillips, passing on Justice Finkley. These are uh, those are two recruitments. That that dad mentioned specifically, and as you'll you'll see that uh, in the next update that I have coming up. So Michigan has not been eliminated. Dad told me to say verbatim, tell the people to relax, tell the people to calm down. Michigan is still in it. They still have a shot coming up for the Washington game. And barring uh, a conflict with a state championship run uh, in November, they'll be back up for the Ohio State game as well. So uh, that's not a recruitment for the faint of heart, Steve.
1: That's what I was gonna say. If you're if you're one that like lives and dies on the ebbs and flows of a recruitment, you may want to just take a step back on this one and and let, you know, maybe pretend it's not going on uh, until like November or December, when he actually has to sit down and figure out a decision. We'll, we will have then seen how Michigan's 2021 season played out. You know, we'll see. Cause yeah, felt like he was gonna commit to Florida at one point. I think Michigan thought maybe at one point when he was on campus. Uh-huh that things were trending in their direction. It kind of feels like, you know, it's been, it's already been a pretty topsy turvy recruitment, Alabama, obviously not going to give up. Right. They're going to still be involved. Right. I mean, you don't see them. In, that's the thing you don't see them in the top three and it's not like anybody in Tuscaloosa is like sweating it or anything at this point It's a long ways to go. Uh, you know, who knows? I mean, probably at this point I wouldn't be surprised if somebody else popped up, you know, in, in the race at some point, you could see like a, I don't know, like an Ohio state or a, USC or, you know, like some randoms. I could feel like you could see another random school kind of pop in there. But, um, yeah, Michigan's got its work. They've had their work cut out. They they were going to have their work cut out in this. This isn't one, uh, you know, as positive as the reports have been. That's what we said. that There's only so much Michigan can do or has control over at this point in the recruitment. Now, like you said, maybe build some momentum in the class, win some football games. They were going to have to win. He could have committed this summer, to be honest with you. They still have to win football games yep. to sign him. There's right. There doesn't yep. as as big as as big of a uh, perception based like commitment that something like that could have been. You still are going to have to win football games to keep a kid like that in your class. So, you know, really, in a lot of things a lot has changed, but not much has changed at the same time. If you kind of you know want to look at it that way.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's spot on, and I've already seen. Well, if he's worried about the recruiting class, why not commit and get other guys to come? And that's just not a part of his cock I mean for some guys that's a motivation for him it's not you know he he's looking at these schools uh he his relationships with with the programs and the coaches uh you know that's that's you know maybe next to how they're doing uh the biggest thing and uh they got to have some momentum before him they got to be recruiting well before him he has to know that he's going in with some guys but it's not like he likes any of these schools enough to say, "Hey, I'm going to come and let me get some of the guys to come with me," or else he would have been committed to one of these schools already. That's just not his thing. So uh, you know for, for Michigan to have a shot to to close this gap, to get back in the top three and ultimately get them, things are going to have to trend up on the football field. Uh, and maybe that's the same is true to close the deal with Kenneth Grant, Steve, because you know Michigan has been trending very well with Kenneth Grant. My speculation on the matter is, you know, I really think this is, again, my opinion. Other schools, without, without getting specific, let's just make it more broad. Other schools are hammering these kids, saying you don't know how they're going to do on the field. You don't know how this defense is going to work. You don't know if that staff is going to be there, right? And so I know Bryce went down to Maryville, and we'll have Newkirk at, at Kenneth, Kenneth Grant's game this week uh, because he is that big that we're going to see him twice in one month. But, you know, I said, Bryce, you know, ask around, see see what kind of feel you get. And the vibe he came back with was, man, Michigan was on the verge of closing that deal, but he has some reservations about, hey, you know, are they going to be around? Or are they going to make it? He wants to see how they do, Steve. And and I think, you know, is Ohio State sort of driving that narrative a bit? I mean, I can't say for sure that they are, but I wouldn't be surprised uh, just to Sort of keep him warm. You know, Larry Johnson really, really likes him a ton. Uh, But I I don't know if they're pushing for a commitment right now. But I think Larry Johnson may be trying to keep that warm long enough to get everyone else on that staff on board with taking him right now. One of the ways to do that is to, you know, hit him like all the schools are hitting Michigan right now. You don't know if that staff is going going to be there. And I think that's enough to have him and have other guys uh, pump the brakes.
1: Harry Johnson's like what 78 <laughs> 79 years old you know I mean hey don't get me wrong probably probably the best defensive line coach in the probably the best defensive line coach in the country at least has the best pedigree right but I mean what's to say he's gonna be there for right all four years and, and I want to
0: be clear that's that was speculation right, right no I'm no
1: clear. I know I, what we say is top three is Ohio State Wisconsin Michigan right I mean yeah. he's pretty much said that um so you know and it, th- on the flip side though if you're Ohio State and or Wisconsin, This is what it's what you should be saying. Yeah, if you're trying to keep the kid from committing to Michigan, yeah, you have the contracts. You know that you wonder if, if in some of these recruitments, if Harbaugh's contract situation is a negative, if schools have used that as well, Um, it's you know it's just something that Michigan's going to have to overcome with, like you said, play on the field, the scheme, and yeah, win enough to that. That uh, this will this will keep going. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not going to commit to a program where you don't, you know, if you don't know if the coaches are going to be there, whatever. It's a natural negative recruiting pitch. It's one that I'm sure Michigan expected at some point. So again, as as we said with Walter Nolan, I, I think in a lot of ways it's not too much different. Only difference is, like you said, Ohio State does have some guys I think that are a little bit higher on their defensive tackle board. You know, so if they do get a couple more, I know Chris McClellan out of Owasso, Oklahoma, as a kid they really like a lot, and I think they're in decent shape with him. You know, I don't know how many they'll take, but you know the, he is he's a little bit lower on their board. But from their standpoint, it makes sense to do what you can to at least get him to delay. I think you'd agree, Sam. That's why he did delay mm-hmm. was he said he was going to make a commitment within the next couple of weeks. That changes to me that there's no doubt in my mind that that is Ohio state. That was an <laughs> Ohio state driven <laughs> move there uh, to get that to happen. And again, yeah. to their credit, I mean, yeah. that's, you know, that's, 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 that should have been their goal. They like the kid enough where it's like, let's at least try to not get him to commit to Michigan right now and then see where our chips fall. Uh, that's just the name of the game. So yeah. You know, yeah, it's good for Michigan. I think it's going to come down to much, in a lot of ways, the same thing it will come down to with Walter Nolan, except Grant probably more winnable if, you know, if they if the wins do come or if they do show some, uh, you know, the, some stability and, and if the scheme looks, uh, you know, attractive to him.
0: Yeah, I know his mom really, really liked Michigan. I don't know if mom has been to Ohio State yet. I don't know, but I know she's been to Michigan and really, really liked the the staff, really, really liked the, the fit. And so they they do have some momentum but uh, you know he 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 chose to delay and again speculation he, Ohio State's getting them. or Larry I think it's Larry I think Larry Johnson likes him this again speculation on my part I think for the the kind of performance he had at their camp how well he moved and and ran I'm betting that Larry Johnson likes him enough to be like yeah this is a this is a dude I just don't know if you know when you look at their their big board If if everyone there is on the same page with, let's do it now. So you just delay them. You just you know Ohio State can do that. They can. Going to say must be nice. (laughs) They can. You know I mean because that's
1: that's. (laughs) Hey you can't commit to us now, but don't commit there yet. You know I mean that's again that's just that's the reality. That's where it is right now. That's what the type. That's the uphill battle Michigan kind of facing in in some different races. Yeah yeah man. So look if they can pick up some momentum though.
0: Uh, whether it be momentum it, by winning some games, or you get a guy who's been on the cusp, that maybe even more on the cusp, like a Deion Walker, who I my, my deal, and people keep asking me, well, what's up with Deion Walker? I just think, you know, you get an offer from Alabama. His profile is bigger. I, I think that he is really enjoying the recruiting process now. I I don't think that Michigan has has faded with him. Uh, from the standpoint of, hey, I want to see how they do. I think with him, the calculus is different. I think it's just he is really liking the feeling. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, this is a, a guy who, you know, he, he had some, uh, you know, a couple big off Michigan was his first, like, you know, high major, you know, blue blood offer. But since then, some others have come through. Uh, and that's recognition for a young man that relative to, some of his contemporaries is a little bit under the radar, now he's he's blowing up some, and I think he's enjoying that. So, how, if if you're Michigan, uh, does does winning games sort of give him the the feeling of all right? Let me let me go ahead and get caught up in this excitement. It could be that, but I, I just I mentioned that to say I don't think that his reserve or his his timeline is affected in the same way. Uh, that Kenneth Grants and some of the others have been affected by, you know, the opponents talking about, well, you don't know if they're going to be there and you don't know how they're going to do with him, Steve, I think it's just, Hey man, he really likes, he really likes how things are going for him on the recruiting trail right now.
1: I mean, I, I'd be so much worse (laughs) if I was a recruit, (laughs) you know, I, I, it's funny when I do, when we cover this and stuff, it's like I actually end up giving these kids so much credit and how almost all of them handle the process. I'd be such a, I'd be, top lists I'd be messing with everybody like I'd be having so much fun with it and stuff like I it's just uh so I always give a kid you can't no you can't blame any of these kids you know we've talked about different guys in different cycles you know maybe they're about to commit and then they don't you know and it's like you know it's it's a process that none of us ever went through you know it's hard right. to really relate on a day-to-day basis what it's like to make such a, a big decision you know not to mention how. You know it, you got to feel pretty cool to have these like big time college or these big time college coaches and college staffs like just trying to woo you, uh, to get to come play for your, their football programs, you know. So it's like that's why I say, like, yeah, with Walker, you know, you get an official Alabama offer. It's like, how do you imagine him sitting down like at night, like, holy crap, you know, I could go play football at the University of Alabama, like, what, how crazy is that? You know, it's like maybe I don't want to commit right now, you know, it's like maybe I gotta soak this up a little bit more. So, um Still, we what we talk to him him specifically as being one of their must gets. I think he's maybe the top one at yeah. this point. Just a, not necessarily caliber. He is. A, I think he's a great player. I think he's a four star. I think he's a little underrated. I think he's. A, but just the fit, the flexibility, because he could be an offensive tackle too. Could be on the defensive line. He's really he's a, a guy that can play either way. And that proximity, uh, along with the fact that uh, yeah, we know that that Michigan is led for a while, that would be one of the more disappointing ones if yeah. it didn't turn out their way. Um, still no indication it won't, right? I think we all have crystal balls in for Michigan still. Right. But, again, you know, no harm in letting uh, – for a kid to want to experience the process, that's for sure.
0: Right, so – but the board did expand. It didn't expand uh, with Tafiq Thomas, at least not yet. But there are some other guys, and guys we've mentioned before, for instance, like Isaiah Hastings, That's a that's a guy that they are – they are tracking pretty heavily, Steve, and, you know, a, a guy for them right now. Came up for the barbecue.
1: I was going to say he was up. Um, I think he's, you talk about, of the guys that we're going to talk about, he's the one I think is going to be more of your trending nationally, trending up nationally. You know who he really reminds me of? And I tried not to, like, uh, I don't, it's like, he does remind me of Neville Gallimore, like uh, the, the Canadian kid who ended up, I don't know if he transferred to IMG where he played his last couple of years of, of ball. Uh, but a kid who burst onto the scene late was a Canadian guy. Didn't have much offer. Didn't have many offers. Came in, had a huge uh, camp offseason between junior and senior year. Picked up some offers, and then ended up being a national recruit by the end. Uh, Hastings, at least from his uh, the way his process has played out so far, is is trending similar to how how Neville Galmore, who I believe is still in the NFL, I think he plays for the Cowboys. Um, you know, but yeah, Michigan probably fighting two Florida schools. I think Miami and Florida, the two other schools that are mentioned most with him. I, I, he's really good. Uh, Again, I think, I think he's of the guys that we'll talk about. I think he's the best. He's the best one of the other, of this expansion of the board. I think he's the best prospect and and is, but subsequently will be the toughest would probably be the toughest pull. If Michigan decides to, which they're pushing with him with the other guys we'll talk about, if they're pushing as hard, we don't know for sure. Maybe, uh, but I think Hastings is, is the best prospect of that expansion.
0: Yeah, if ever there's a you know there's gonna be a year where you you see them maybe find like legit guys a little bit later in the cycle. It'll be this year coming off of COVID, right? You know, especially in states where uh, seasons were canceled or 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 cut by a number of games. And so one of the guys that I heard about heading into uh, vacation was the kid committed to Virginia Tech. From Virginia Beach, Virginia, Bayside High School, Lamar Law. Now, this was a kid who visited Virginia Tech. Uh, I believe he visited on the first of June. He committed the next day, uh, and so Michigan uh, really after that sort of caught wind of him. Uh, you know, watched this tape clearly. Uh, like someone like he, if you look at his size, you look at his frame, and then you watch his video and you see his style. He plays defensive end, but he'll be he'll be a three-tech or a nose. In, in college. He's about uh, he's about 6'5". They they listed him as 6'5", 280 pounds. He can be 300-plus pretty easily. Uh, he is a, a an active guy to be a big guy as well. I think that's one of the things that they want to see in Tafiq Thomas, for instance. Like, how active is he? How, how much of a motor does he have? How well does he move? Well, 280 with the frame to be 3'10", 3'15", is what I think they see in Lamar Law. Like I said, committed to Virginia Tech, he has Virginia. He has Maryland. Uh, I I agree with you, Steve. I think Hastings is probably the guy uh, with the most up, most rankings upside. But for, for Michigan, you're looking if you need size in the middle, uh, you know, a guy who has the frame to to be the kind of nose guard that you want, the kind and that has the kind of size that you lack on this current roster. You see why they move on a Lamar Law, especially when you consider how well he moves right now how 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 well I think they think he'll continue to be able to move with 20 or 30 more pounds on his frame.
1: He looks like he's more than 280 on his film almost, doesn't he? Still moves around pretty well. That was what I know. I turned on his film just as we started recording. Uh, other thing I noticed about him, I went and checked his social media. He's not a guy that reports his offers. Right. So I suspect he has many more than the five that are listed on his profile right now. Uh, you know, Try to find out and maybe get some updates there on, on, on maybe who else has offered him. Uh, but either way, yeah, I'd like him. I he looks like a guy with upside, anybody who plays tight end uh, on his high school film and can, uh, and his projects to defensive tech. It's not quite Mo Hurst playing running back, but you know, it's a similar in that a guy that can play both sides of the ball and I'm, I'm sure he's more of a blocking tight end, but uh, either way, this is, but that's what was like. I haven't watched all of these guys, but these are the kind of guys that sit in that 85, 86 range where I feel like there are going to be a lot of guys that slip through the cracks, uh, their senior year. You know, we, our analysts can't get out to see every right. single one of these guys live throughout the course of the season. Right. I mean, that's what made it. That's what may, made there being like no season for almost everybody last year. So devastating is that you didn't get to see as many, nearly as many guys as you would have hoped to have seen. So, you know, I think that's one thing to kind of keep in mind in some of these, recruitments is that it, a lot of times they're everyone's going to be watching the same film right when making these evaluations right i mean it's going to be hard to get every, all of our guys out to see um and that's as a network not our site specifically even just as an entire network to go see every guy that all these um programs are recruiting and stuff but i like what i saw from law uh intriguing name for sure i still like i said i like hastings the most but law looks like a pretty solid option as well
0: any more guys, Steve, that you, you kind of see Michigan keeping real strong tabs on, on the interior so, defensive line?
1: Yeah, the other one was uh, Robbie Harrison right. out of Greenwood. I believe it's Greenwood, South Carolina. Uh, I think he's an 86, 85 or 86. Has an interesting offer sheet. The one thing I noted, I, I mentioned Sam before we got on, was I th- his profile had a Georgia offer on it a couple months ago, and it doesn't anymore. I don't know what the deal was there. I know he's visited Georgia a couple times. I want to say, um, this is one Michigan. You got, I think you got Cincinnati, you got Arizona state, Minnesota, Indiana, uh, Washington state. I mean, it's not the most powerful offer sheet, but there are some good, I'd say some schools that do a good job evaluating guys on that offer list. He'll be up for an official visit the weekend of the Northern Illinois game, the weekend of the 18th, uh, Anytime there's, there's an official scheduled, that's a clear. Michigan's definitely interested. Right. Uh, they're not. You're not going to waste your time having a kid come up for an, for a full weekend on an official visit if you're not at least semi interested in the kid. So he's another one to definitely keep in mind. He's one they offered a little while ago too, uh, around the same time as Hastings. I want to say. So you know that's another guy to definitely keep an eye on. But I would say those three guys probably right Law, Harrison, Hastings are kind of the other guys. Kenneth Grant, Walter Nolan, obviously the uh, the two major targets. Uh, But those are probably the other three guys, at least at this point, that I think fans should probably want to keep an eye on.
0: Absolutely. And so uh, you said it's impossible to get out and see all of these guys for our national staff. And so, you know, we have always prided ourselves, uh, TMI, on getting out to see uh, talent ourselves, Michigan targets ourselves. That obviously changed a bit in light of COVID. We scaled back travel significantly uh you know over the last year or the last year or so but now uh after a summer moving around a little bit and heading into the fall fully vaccinated staff i you know told the guys we are we mask up everywhere we go we we have safe practices and we're going to get out we're going to get back out like we have always done and that started already and so we had to go see josh josephs and josh newkirk made it to a huge game I, i asked josh i said How many prospects are on the field in the North Cobb versus Grayson game? Because it was loaded, Steve. It was absolutely loaded. And he came out of that game saying Josh Josephs, to be rated as a three-star guy, was one of the best guys on the field. uh, And is for for what Michigan is looking for in an edge guy. Like like we've been saying, like I know you've been saying all along, Steve, he is the prototype. And I also know that coming out of the interview – Josh came away saying, I think Michigan is the team to beat for Josh Josephs. I felt that way before he went down there, but I always, you know, you want to get the in-person feel for that, talking to the kid, talking to people around the program, talking to people in the crowd. Now that Josh has been down there and he got that same vibe, Steve, I'm feeling even stronger about Michigan's place in that recruitment heading into his, uh, his planned commitment on October
1: 1st. He is the absolute prototype. You said, like you said, uh, this is, he is one of the two or three most important targets left on the board, regardless of position, in my opinion, because he is such a perfect fit for what they want to do at that edge spot. I mean, he's a guy, if they get him and they sign him, McDonald sticks around for a little bit. Um, I think he'll be a, a all conference level player uh, in that defense. I mean, it's just, he does everything you want out of what we've, what we believe they're going to try to do at that edge position can rush the passer. He can play the run. The other thing, the one thing he does though, that he does so well for a guy, his size, his length is to to drop back into coverage and play the flats. Uh, His his film last year had a lot of good plays in that regard. That's what struck me the most. Uh, But again, yeah, you're talking about, he's not playing, he's playing, talk about legit competition, right? I mean, he's playing the best. Like that, that's a really, really talent rich area. Um, Yeah. As you said, I think there was upwards of like 15 D one, possibly power five level kids playing in one high school football game. I mean, that is outrageous. <laughs> um, I would also say though, like you said about the, I do not expect him to be a three-star for much longer. I think he's going to get a bump and I think it's probably going to be in the very near future. Uh, freak is the word that I was told by somebody that does maybe have an effect on the ranking system at 24 seven. we've had a couple guys who have seen him. But not with pads, I know Newkirk came away impressed mm-hmm. uh, and like you said, the other thing, yes, I think we were feeling good about Michigan standing there. It's a recruitment really honestly they, they he's got he's got to see what they envisioned for him i mean it, it it feels like a perfect fit on both sides um but to see it there is the such a huge value yeah in uh even just talking to a kid for five minutes in person to see the the facial reaction when they talk about one school versus another, there's a lot of different things there. So, uh, you know, yeah, Michigan feels like they're in good shape there. You know, that would, like I said, though, to me, and and we've been saying this pretty much since they offered him, I mean, he was one of the first prospects they offered period uh, after McDonald and the new defensive staff kind of got settled in. Uh, He'd be a, he'd be an absolute perfect fit for them in this defense and would be In my opinion, yeah, he's, I think he's completely underranked as an 89. You know, 89 three star is the highest three star, but that's, no, that's not enough. He's got to go up.
0: Yeah, he's, he's the guy you talk about contemplating crystal ball. He, that's the, as far as in favor of Michigan, that's the guy that I'm on the verge with on the heels of Newkirk going down there uh, and really kind of confirming what we have been hearing uh, anyway. But that wasn't Newkirk's only stop. Before that, he saw, I think it was maybe the first game in first high school game in Florida uh, this this uh, this season. He saw Gulliver, Miami Gulliver Prep versus uh, Miami Killian, uh, in a matchup of guys with Michigan offers. In Jalen Brown, the five star receiver who wasn't a five star, Michigan offered him, but he has absolutely exploded. I believe he's the number two receiver, number two or three receiver in that class now. A five star guy with offers from literally everyone. He didn't have that. Uh, at first, so it was good for Michigan to get on the ground floor. Uh, and he went against the kid who he played pop Warner football with, a kid by the name of Quentin Boodle, who uh who made it up for the barbecue, who's a, a guy uh in the next recruiting cycle for Michigan. And look, I'm not saying anything that Quentin Boodle didn't say after the game, man. Jalen Brown gave him the business, Steve. I mean, it Josh, Josh Newkirk has been to see, uh, I've sent him to see a lot of guys. He said that was easily one of the top five or ten performances I've witnessed live. He was that impressive. He lived up to his five-star billing. I mean, I'm watching
1: a clip right now. A, he, so he had a clip on his last year's film. I don't know if it was the first play where he just one-handed the ball in midair. It was the best. It was one of the best individual highlights. I'd say the other one that I always remember, there was a, it was Christian Kirk had something on, on his film uh, when he was being recruited. He was either a punt returner or something. That was always like the most memorable highlight that I had seen on like a huddle film or whatever. Uh, this Jalen Brown play was right up there. And then you see him just easily picking a ball out of, out of the, you know, high pointing a ball right over the defensive back, probably Boodle. And uh, for a touchdown, I think he had what, two or three touchdowns? Three, three touchdowns. Yeah. Um, yeah, real deal. I mean, these are the kind of guys, these are the film. This is the film you just, it's fun to watch film like that. I mean, it's just, it's, it's exciting to watch. And it is just, you talk about the popcorn. Uh, that's like, these are the kind of, this is the kind of film you pull the popcorn out and watch. Cause I mean, this kid, he has it all. Uh, you know, Michigan's got the end, That I know you talked about it, it was a few months ago with the Desmond Howard connection there at Gulliver prep. And he, I think he told Newkirk that was uh, Howard's not telling him or not like pushing him in any certain direction or anything like that, which of course, you know, he's, I don't think it's in his interest to do that at the same time though. You can't imagine he's telling, like, you know, you could wear 21. At, you know, hey, you know, how about you wear 21 or so? You know, it's like, I, I got to imagine, Um, you know, that's a big little, a big feather in Michigan's cap, though, in the recruitment, regardless of whether or not he's, you know, he's not going to push him in any certain direction. But, you know, I mean, Desmond Howard, one of the greatest college wide receivers in history. If that guy's one of the guys helping coach you and helping to mentor you and stuff you know it's got it's going to play a factor for sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely man and and they've already had him up for a visit which was huge. He had a great visit, really connected more with the staff, connected with JJ McCarthy which was which was huge. And I think that one of the most important things in this recruitment is Michigan is is not resting on on having the Desmond Howard in nor are they uh, you know, feeling like they're sitting pretty because he already made it up to, to campus. They are literally on the phone with this kid every week. He's hit, hit both, I think his dad, either his dad or his AD, who is originally from the state of Michigan, who knows Juwan Howard well. Juwan's kids, as I mentioned before, were at Gulliver at one point. So, I mean, just a lot of Michigan connections there at Gulliver. But he, he mentioned when he came up that he said, Josh got to say, hey, we're going to talk every week. And they have, they literally have been talking, at least once a week, uh, not only Josh Gas, but also one of the GAs, Nate Crutchfield. They talk to a lot, so the the consistency of the contact is there. And this is a, a kid, as I assume most are, but big on the comfort factor, right? And he feels really comfortable with Michigan, uh, comfortable enough for I believe Michigan is one of the top school, is absolutely one of the top schools on this list. And there's an openness to leaving Florida, which is very, very important. Uh, But, you know, there's going to be some hurdles. I mean, Florida State pushing really hard down there. Notre Dame pushing really hard up this way. It's not going to be without obstacles, not without uh, elite competition. All the more reason for Michigan to just bombard him with the consistent attention. And he's going to be back up in Ann Arbor September 11th for the Washington game, which is going to be absolutely loaded, Steve. Uh, Major recruitment for Michigan. I know it's a, a year off, but... If you're going to win a recruitment like this, you need to get started that early in order to maybe bring it home. So uh, we got a lot more to get to. We'll take a pause here and we come back on the other side. We will dive into my stops, uh, you know, on the way to vacation, on the way back from vacation, which was on the way down Dane Key, on the way back up Cody Jones. We'll hear from Cody Jones's family and then we'll round things out here on the Michigan Recruiting Insider. So, Steve, on the way down to, uh, down to vacation, took a detour. I got to give my wife some credit. She allowed us to take an hour detour out of the way. We were heading due south uh, from Ann Arbor. And due south would have taken us through Louisville. I said, hey, let, can I stop off in Lexington and see Dane Key? And, and she allowed me to do that. And, and so I got, I got a lot of time with Dane Key, a lot of time with his dad, Dante, uh, some time with his coach. And what was really striking to me, uh, you can tell when there's genuine interest. And his dad was waiting for me in a parking lot, Steve. I mean, it's like, you know, and and spent, I think I must have spent 20, 30 minutes with dad, another 10 uh, or 15 with with Dane. The coach spent some time. And they were really, really taken by the, the campus visit, the the one-on-one attention the workout with Josh Gaddis because there wasn't hurt there was absolutely a hurdle to clear there with the late offer relative to some of the other competition more so with dad than with with uh with Dane Dane was not you know I don't think he took issue with the timing of the offer dad was like well what took you so long was it just Steve Klinkscale got there and now you want him and, you know, Gaddis said, hey, you know, we, we wanted an opportunity to really evaluate him in person. And once we saw him in person, that put us over the top. So that was enough to appease dad. Uh, if if he had any reservations after that, they were, were really resolved when they went through the workout and he, they were just blown away by that. So it put Michigan in really strong contention. And I asked Dad point blank. You went to Kentucky. You're a Kentucky guy. You guys live in Lexington. He's looking for family. He, he would be a legacy guy. Everyone in Lexington probably wants him to go to Kentucky. Why wouldn't he go there? And his response was, you know, because he's not it, – he's my son. He's not me. He may go to Kentucky, but it's, you know, his criteria, what he's looking for, who he's connected with is not the same. So there is a genuine opportunity for Michigan. He's another kid that's going to be back up for the Washington game which is absolutely loaded, Steve. They have a great shot at Dane Key. What I think we're going to do, I'll probably roll that interview out next week and, and feature some of that on next week's Recruiting Insider. Uh, but this is a kid, a four-star receiver, Oregon, Kentucky. I mean, there's some, there's some top competition there, but Michigan has a legit shot at Dane Key.
1: Yeah, they haven't expanded their receiver board a ton, right? Uh, we think they need at least one more maybe two I like you know the word we talked about the worthy thing made it a more important position in 22 than maybe originally uh, it was originally going to be I lied much like we were talking about Hastings but like he's the guy of, of the guys they're recruiting at receiver now really hard uh, is the guy that I like the most yeah but the Kentucky legacy thing is always going to kind of hang over it a little bit to see it's Kentucky's not Kentucky like they're not what they used to be like Kentucky's a team now right that can recruit pretty like they've got a good foundation there. Like they're not a pushover on the recruiting trail. Like they may have been five, six, seven years ago. So, you know, you say Kentucky it's like, well Michigan should beat Kentucky for, for a kid. But, you know, not only can Kentucky contend with some bigger schools on the recruiting trail, but this kid has major ties to the program as well. So, and then, yeah, Oregon always a school, Oregon recruits really well. Uh, they always have a really smart recruiting plan. So well, the two, 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 probably the two biggest ones, I think South Carolina, was another program I believe Mm -hmm. that's involved with him as well. So, you know, a kind of a random hodgepodge of programs. I mean, you're talking all across the country, literally, which to me says he's open to leaving the area, uh, leaving Kentucky, leaving the SEC area. So, you know, that'll be something to watch. But, yeah, of all the guys that they're recruiting uh, really hard at receiver, uh, he's the one that seems to, I think, fit what they need the most in this cycle and I think is just maybe the most highly skilled.
0: Right. And, you know, you're going to get an out-of-region guy, uh, especially one with ties to another program, you you, you aren't going to get him getting him on campus one time. So huge that he's coming right back for a visit for the Washington game. So uh, also of 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 worthy of note, coming back from vacation, uh, we took a three-hour detour uh, this time. And shout out to my wife for allowing me to do it because she was uh, you know it wasn't like she was you know she this is vacation. I mean you got to know my wife. She you know she'll lay the hammer down and. I have visions of of doing more work than I did. I I did spend some time mapping out our schedule, our travel schedule for the fall, but you know, things I planned to do on vacation, she was like, "Do you want to you want to sleep in a bed?" <laughs> you better you better spend a little more time on vacation. Uh but she allowed me though. She did give back on the other side and allowed us to take a 3-hour detour on the way home to go through Memphis. To see Cody Jones, and it was a big-time matchup. Germantown versus uh, Christian Brothers, uh, a school that uh, has Ohio State commit on it, and four-star running back commit Dallin Hayden, uh, who is a uh, you know he is a he's a really good prospect. Make no mistake, and we saw in that game, even though Germantown did a, a pretty good job of bottling him up, the three touchdowns they scored, he had a hand in all of them. He scored two. And he was the the decoy that led to the third touchdown, the game winner in overtime. So, but but Cody Jones, uh, I I was just you know the kid gutted it out. He he was suffering from a high ankle sprain, wasn't sure to play in that game. As a matter of fact, his dad told me early in the week, Sam, I don't I think you probably don't want to come because odds are Cody won't play. And then Friday night, the night before the game, after going being evaluated and his coaches leaving it up to him. Whether or not he plays, he said, "I'm going to play." Uh, he got out there. and He lasted for about three quarters before the high ankle sprain it was just too much for him to deal with. But what I did see, Steve, you know, a couple of major takeaways. One, he is every—he's a legit six foot. I saw him standing next to Jeremy LaSure, former Michigan corner who lives in the area, who's uh, over six one. Uh, you know, Cody is is close to eye to eye with him. He's uh, cl- he's 175, 180 uh so you you can see you know he's bigger stronger too, and then watching him on the football field, this was a run heavy team, predominantly a run team they They didn't pass the the ball very much. Cody played safety the majority of this game, and he was very willing to stick his nose in there, very physical uh at that position, and I came away saying, okay, I get it I get why they're saying nickel, Steven, and not nickel and and just the coverage capacity that he's just gonna be. Covering KJ Hamler type slots, I think they f- they're going to feel comfortable with him for his ability in run defense as well and this is the way Michigan plans to use him as a as a nickel who can play safety or corner that's exactly how his high school team is is using him right now, probably going to sit out the next couple of games getting ready for league play, uh, but you know size and and style wise I, I see I understand the fit a lot better now that I see now that I've seen Cody in person.
1: I mean, athleticism was what we have kind of touted as being his calling card, right? That's his strength. You know, just his all-around athleticism. So to see the size and the physical play, I think is about as good an outcome as you can ask for from a scouting standpoint, right? I mean, those the those are things that maybe we didn't really get to see before because there wasn't much film on him and and cuz he didn't play. Nobody played last year, uh, but the six foot thing—that's what I said before we got on. That's as important as how he played. Right. You know, that's like been the biggest question. Right? You know, the the there's always the the height question is always such a big thing. You know, I always, uh, think of some other guys Michigan's recruited in the past, but uh, for him to be a legit six foot is that's big. Uh, that means you can do a lot with him, and, and I think that makes him. You know, I think to me he's quietly one of the most important players in Michigan's class. I don't maybe think he gets talked enough about as far as being really one of the important, you know, Will Johnson at defensive back because he's the in-state five-star, the legacy. And then Miles Pollard because he had 30 offers and that was such a big recruiting win. I think Jones sometimes kind of gets, I don't want to say lost in the shuffle, but like he doesn't get talked about enough in my opinion, because I think he brings a lot to the table and really illustrates so far what's Michigan's, their strength on the recruiting trail in 22 is defensive back. He's a huge part of that. Uh, and I think maybe he should be talking a little, about a little bit more uh, as far as his overall impact on the class right now.
0: Absolutely, and to your point, uh, you know, Michigan's going to have to protect that recruitment not from not because he's wavering, but because of the persistence of of Tennessee and Florida. I mean, they haven't given up on this kid. Uh, you, you you understand even more so why now? I mean, of course for for Tennessee, but even for for Florida that uh, this is a guy that you could help in a number of ways, could, could play all over the defensive backfield. Uh, and, and, you know, you recruit him anyway, but if you, if you think, if you suspect that uh, there's, there's some weakness in position uh, for the school that he's committed to, which these, all these other schools seem to think, they're, they're definitely attacking Michigan that way, then you, you remain persistent in that courtship. Uh, it emboldens you even more. But that was one of the things I talked to Cody about. It's one of the things I talked to his parents about. All right, so he's committed to Michigan. Other schools are still coming. How do you handle that? So, uh, you know, we'll slide in here. Talking to his mom and dad post game. they wound up losing the game in overtime. Uh, Cody was a little dejected after the game, a little upset. But to his credit, after we did an interview immediately after the game, he came right over and said, I want to do another one. And we did a much longer one, which you'll see on the Michigan Insider. But then mom and dad spoke and they spoke at length about what they like about his commitment to Michigan, his fit with the team, why they think that his commitment to Michigan is going to be extremely, extremely, extremely tough to break here are Mr. and Mrs. Jones.
3: All right, so the parents of Mr. Cody Jones. So first of all, I just talked to him after the game, obviously highly disappointed, but he said it it was tough for him to even play in this game and he wasn't feeling 100%. When did you guys feel like he was going to
4: go? Well actually, um, Cody made the decision himself, really. Um, we were like, how about holding out? But he decided he wanted to play. So it was like, okay, first time you come down,
3: there's there's no more playing. How much pain do you think he was in in this
2: contest? Pain, uh, I don't think he was in a whole lot of pain. But he was so amped up and hyped up, adrenaline pumping probably would have played no matter how much pain it was. Right. At least he would have tried to play. Right,
3: so he, look, it's hard for him to have perspective in the moment, right? They just lost, but it's a non league game. Right. It's the first game of the right. season. If you're going right. to drop one, this is the one to exactly. drop, right? Exactly. So, it is. So big picture-wise, everything is still in front of them, right? Everything is still yes. in
2: front of them. We still got different play or division play, whatever you want to call it. And they played good tonight. And then you got to think about it, uh, Sam. Our boys didn't play last year. The team they played, they played last year. Mm-hmm. So missing that whole year makes a big difference. Not having no excuses, we still should have won. I feel like, but they played good.
3: I got you. All right. So take me through what that that year off and then the off season, the preparation was like for Cody. I mean, you, you gotta. It feels like to me just talking to him. It was just building up in him to get back out on that field. Like he was really <laughs> grinding to get back out there.
4: Yeah, because last night he was. We were just sitting on the couch, and he was like. He looked at me. And he was like, Mama. We playing some football tomorrow. I was like, yeah, we, it's football time
3: now. <laughs> so what's different about him? I mean, when you you guys know him better than anyone else, what do you see in him? Anything different? Is he bigger? Is he stronger? Is he faster? Is his focus different? What's different, if anything, about him heading into this year? Right,
2: okay. everything. He's bigger, stronger, faster, more focused. But it's, it's kind of hard to be more focused because he's always been focused. Yeah. He's always been focused, but he's bigger, stronger. And this is his last year, his senior year. So he really want to try to win the state championship.
3: Okay, all right. So you guys, i love to get the parental perspective on dealing with these coaches. So you guys have been up to Michigan now, and you had an experience, a visit experience. What did you think of that new coaching staff, now that you guys have had the opportunity to experience them in person? I
2: love them. <laughs> I, love, I love I love the coaching them. staff. <laughs> I well, love the coaching I mean, staff.
3: But, but, so what is it? What is it that really impressed you guys that you love the most about them from your experience?
4: Um. It just, when we were there, like, they have Cody's best interest. That's what I feel like. Um, talking to Coach Klink, I, I'm like, man, Coach Klink, cool dude, <laughs> cool dude. And I'm like, hey, I, I just feel like he's gonna be in a good place where they're gonna teach him everything he needs, not just on the field, and off the field also.
2: Dad? To me, they're the, uh, the coaching staff is just like a, uh, they're a real close-knit group. They, they hang out together, they kick together, they have fun together. They, they kind of like a family, and I like that about them. They're real close-knit, and they are really good people. Seem seems like they have the best interests of the kids at heart.
3: So watching Cody out there, obviously they, they were playing him in the middle of the field. He's obviously a very versatile kid. He can play on the corner, he can play safety, he can play nickel. What has Michigan said about how they plan to use him in this new defense?
2: Uh, Michigan want to use him in the, in, the, in the nickel spot, the safety nickel kind of spot. Uh, they said he can play all positions in the, in the defensive backfield. He play outside, inside, safety. And that's kind of how they use him here. Uh, if they're playing a team who really going to throw the ball, they're going to try to use him kind of in the middle. Well, if they playing a team who's going to throw the ball, they're going to put him on the outside, on the corner. they're playing somebody who's going to run it, they're going to try to put him, in, put him in the middle. If need be, they put him in the uh, nickel spot, blitzing and doing whatever. They just try to use him all over the field. Okay. But today, they wanted him in the middle mostly, yeah, but today. He
3: wasn't throwing the ball whole Yeah,
2: yeah, they weren't throwing the ball, they were just going to pound it.
3: Yeah, I they were just going to
2: pound it. He, he made a lot of tackles, but he had to come on out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw that
3: toward the end. So, mom <laughs> talked about Coach Klink, what
2: did you think of Klink? I like Coach Klink. Coach Klink reminds me a lot of myself. <laughs> uh, some of the things he say, some other ways he act, he remind me yeah. a lot of myself. I, I like Coach Klink. He a he, uh, down-earth kind of person, all of them are though. Okay. Him, Coach Bellamy, Coach uh, McDonald, the, man, the whole defensive staff, they real down to earth. You know what I'm saying?
3: So now you know how it is in this recruiting game. Both of you guys do. Cody's one of the top players in the country. They're going to keep checking for him. Florida, Tennessee, you name it. They're going to keep coming. So how do you guys balance that with him being, or how do you tell him to balance that with him also being committed to Michigan?
4: Cody is a type of child. When he has his mindset on something, He's not too fast going to change his mind. I don't care what it is. It really has to be something to make him say, oh, no, I'm bagging off this. But he's the type of child, he, you know, he, he don't change his mind too quick. Not saying that he never does, but he's, he's just a person that when I say I'm going to do something, that's what I'm going to do.
3: Okay. All right. So he mentioned that his focus right now is he's recruiting Walton Oak Now, there's a lot of people in the country who say Michigan doesn't have a shot. And Walton
2: Nolan. And Michigan is wasting their time with Walton Nolan. What would you guys say to that? I think Michigan Michigan still got a good shot at Walton. Michigan still got a good shot. Walton and Cody have been friends since little boys played together, talk all the time. Me and uh, little Walter's daddy talk all the time. I think Michigan still has a good shot at Walton. Yeah, I think they. And, 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 and we gonna try to get him there.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you guys are going up for the Washington game. <laughs> I think he's gonna be up there too, right?
2: Yep, I believe so. Okay, I believe right. so.
3: So, so talk to me, talk big picture for me the rest of the way for Cody. He said he's probably gonna sit out the next game at least. You anticipate him maybe sitting out until league play starts?
2: Yeah, uh, that was uh, that was the big conversation with him about sitting out uh, this game and coming back week three against White Haven. That's a that's a division game. So, but he wanted to play so bad tonight, so they let him try to get a little run in, and and he played pretty good. So he may not play next game. He'll probably be ready for Whitehaven when it the winning really matters.
3: I got you. I got you. And then as far as I mean, he, is he gonna graduate early and enroll early? Like, what's his plan in that regard?
2: Yes, he's graduating early. He's getting up out of here in what December, January. He's getting up out of my house. <laughs> he's coming to Ann Arbor. <laughs>
3: Well, hey, but how you feel about that, mom? You know, my don't um, like their babies to go from home like know, that. You know, I just want what's
4: best for Cody, what Cody wants. Uh, in the beginning, I was like, nah, stay close to home. But what's best for Cody, what Cody wants? I never want my child to turn back and say, hey, I could have. But my mom, because of mom, you know, what's best for Cody at this point.
3: All right. Jones family, appreciate your time. All right.
0: Thank you. So, Steve, you heard how they really talked about how much they like the staff. They love Steve Klinkscale. They they really connected with Klinkscale uh, very rapidly. I, I'm, it doesn't sound like he was very involved in the recruitment when he was at Kentucky, but very quickly in Michigan, and certainly when they came up on the visit, this was the importance of him making it up in June, really gave him and them the opportunity to connect with Klink in a way that they just weren't going to be able to do over the phone. I think it – it, it maybe gives or it does give Michigan much better odds of holding on to a a commitment that has been pretty strong all along. Anyway, this just makes it stronger. Having, having the relationship with Klink, uh be strong
1: and getting stronger. Can't say enough about how well Michigan ended up making out uh, coming out of the linguist situation. You know, we went over that. Mo linguist, taking the right opportunity like anybody in his position should. Uh, but from Michigan's standpoint, they made out, made out about as well as they really possibly could have by getting clink scale uh, on staff. You know, we talked about miles Pollard a minute ago. Uh, it weirdly made like help their chances in that recruitment. And uh, yeah, it was kind of one of the big questions, right? Was was Will Johnson, Cody Jones, how would they kind of react to clink scale? I think we expected it to be positive, though. I mean, everyone seems to uh, from a recruiting standpoint really seems to like him. Well, we know out of just the team report fall camp that the, the players love playing for him too. Uh, I mean, he's a, he's been a home run hire all the way around so far. Right. So no surprise there. Like I yeah, like you said, I mean, Tennessee, Florida are going to stay after him again, as they should. Uh, there's no reason for other schools not to be continuing to recruit. These kids that are committed elsewhere. Michigan does the same thing. You know, it's just part of the game now. So, so yeah, again, probably comes down to winning some football games still and, and maybe showing some how the defensive backs play the same type of stuff that you know matters with defensive line type guys will matter with everybody else. So, uh, but yeah, like I said, going back to what I said earlier, keeping Jones is important. Uh, I think it's a big recruitment for them to hang on to him now uh, knowing that he's six foot, <laughs> I guess. Uh, no, I mean, and it was anyway, like I said, I don't think he'd been talking about it enough, but, but that six foot number is a really big deal. Honestly, I think it makes him a really, really nice sort of, chess piece they can throw anywhere out in the defensive backfield and, and and let him utilize his skills.
0: Yeah, so, Steve, rounding things out, I guess, you know, if there's a big picture kind of uh, perspective on this Michigan recruiting class, uh, we, we kind of hit on it throughout. But they're at the stage of, of this recruiting class, we, you and I and Bryce, we talked a great deal when this staff was hired about how they have relationship guys. I mean, case in point, and I think you touched on this in the last podcast, you got a, a director of player personnel or you're basically your, your head of recruiting who brings prospects to the table because of his connections, right? Uh, I mean, you know, this, is, this is, I think, a major asset. Steve Klingscale, a relationship guy, we heard him talk about it in our one-on-one with him, Ron Bellamy much the same way you, you see that with some of the, the guys on the other side of the ball from Sharon Moore, Jay Harbaugh is excellent, an excellent relationship guy. They have a number of them on staff, but they are to the point with the guys remaining on the board, maybe uh, other than Josh Josephs, who I think they are in really, I think his, his deal is just is, you know, he wants to announce on October 1st, but the, you know, the other guys that are really talking really good, Kenneth Grant, right, uh you know, or, or Walter Nolan, who Michigan you know of course they are are not the lead, but they are not in the top three right now. Why? I think these are the guys that they love the coaches, they relate really well to them, they like what they're saying, but they need to see it on the field. They need to see it in the form of recruiting momentum. So how Michigan does this season, that Washington game looms so large. Because it's a marquee opponent uh, from the standpoint of their top 25, and from the standpoint that it is going to be a loaded visit week. I mean, Steve, that that is as big a visit weekend as there as there has been in the Harbaugh era, in my opinion. When you look at the number of pros- big time prospects that are slated to be on campus that day,
1: could say it's. I mean, if we're being honest. Uh... I mean, it's one of the two or three most important games of the year for them probably now, just for that simple reason. Night game should be the best home game atmosphere of the season. Unless they unless they string together a big year, then the game in November will be even bigger, I would assume. But at least for, for what they have control over right now, uh, that's going to be the best atmosphere in the big house. Like you said, they're going to have the the visit list for that is going to be outrageous. And we've seen – this goes for a lot of schools, but with Michigan even maybe more so than a lot of schools, if they come out and win and have a big game in front of all these guys, I think you'll start to see some some moves. I think you'll start to see some guys. They'll get some, they're going to get some guys. And, uh, yeah, a big win will always help recruiting, and it will always kind of build up the momentum. But given who they're going to have on campus and given the atmosphere, the night game atmosphere always blows kids away at Michigan because it's just – well, Michigan's still got the biggest stadium in the country. It's loud as hell in there. Um, It is against a big, big opponent. You know, if they come out with an impressive, well, just a win, you know, in in a raucous atmosphere, I think you'll start to see the ball roll in 22 and probably 23 as well. I mean, they don't have a verbal in 23 yet, uh, but there are guys, right. I think that we feel like they're in pretty good shape with, Um, you know, one guy, I know Amir Herring will be on campus for that game. The kid out of West Bloomfield, he's the guy that we've all crystal ball to Michigan, you know, uh, guys like that, you know, maybe you'll start to see guys feel more comfortable in uh making a pledge you know if michigan can impress so yeah, that's really the first big opportunity and, and really yeah that should be it's kind of the primary focus for us almost the next few weeks for recruiting is is uh figuring out who's going to be there can they impress what comes out of it you know because there are, there are a lot of possibilities i feel like
0: yeah no doubt it, it reminds me of the o2 game now, the circumstances are different lloyd carr wasn't on the hot seat uh, there were no questions about direction uh, you know what what what's the outlook for for the program? Not the questions that that face them now. This is a, a pivotal year, and that is such a pivotal game. I mean, if Michigan wins that game, my outlook for the season changes. I mean, so many things. You, know, you you win that game. I think it'll have a lot to do with how well they hold up on the defensive line. So you, they're they're just so so much in in, in the form of outlook that is affected by that game but recruiting moment There momentum is a thing in recruiting Uh, and in 2002 the Phil Brabs game I remember Prescott Burgess the number one safety in in the country walking out of the tunnel that day with a smile on his face and being fired up I remember Sean Crable being at that game Ryan Mundy being at that game I believe Lamar Woodley was at that game. These are all guys they eventually got, Steve. Now, did they get them just because they were at the, the Washington game? No, there are circumstance, other circumstances affecting all of those recruitments. But you cannot convince me that the mood, the atmosphere, the vibe I, I remember the sta- that's the stadium the scoreboard shook, or maybe the stadium shook and the scoreboard stayed stationary, but it literally shook. It was like being at a, at a Wisconsin game when they do jump around. It was that crazy in the stadium that day. You have that kind of environment. You score that kind of win. It absolutely can affect recruiting, and you just have to hope, Steve, that it can, Michigan can be, can be so fortunate that it affects recruiting as positively as that 2002 uh, win affected that team.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's all you can ask for, uh, maybe a close game. I mean, you guess you a close loss can sometimes not be the worst thing in the world. I mean, it, I don't know if a, a loss spells doom with every guy that visits necessarily, but, but obviously we, I mean, we know it's, it's, it's calm. It's simple. It's logic. Uh, a big win does big things for you on the recruiting trail. I mean, that's why you see the same five or six schools, near the top of the recruiting rankings every year, the same ones that are the top five or six in the AP and coaches poll uh, at the end of the season. So obviously wins add up. Like we say, every year, Michigan's, I always say Michigan's got such a better opportunity than a lot of schools. We see them as like what the fourth most players drafted uh, since Jim Harbaugh was hired. It's like they're producing pros. Michigan's got a lot of other great things going in their favor on the recruiting trail. Just the one thing they got to do is have a big season. Uh, I think things would really, really take off for them even more so than we've ever seen if they could do that, you know, and uh, I agree with you. If they win that game, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a nicely set game on the schedule. Uh, they'll get a warm up against Western Michigan. You assume they win that game. And then you get a a good team at home like that, I think would be such a big confidence boost after what felt like a mental breakdown last year uh, in the latter half of the season would maybe give some guys uh, uh, some, a major, major dose of confidence with a couple more winnable games after that. then you travel to Wisconsin and uh, you know, what becomes the biggest game at that point. So yeah, I agree. Yeah.
0: Great stuff, Steve. Great return from the podcast, folks. We will be back next week with another edition uh, much more in the way of travel. Josh Newkirk will be uh, in Meraville watching Kenneth Grant. Again, like I said, uh, twice in, in, in one month, he is that significant of a prospect. Bryce Marich will be seeing a recent offer, Zeke Berry, a defensive back athlete out of Concord, De La Salle. I will be seeing Connor Jones in Colorado, and then headed down to the Bayou, uh, headed down to, Nollins headed down to New Orleans to see Amarion Walker. Uh, again, a, a target committed to Notre Dame. Been telling you Michigan very much a factor for that young man. I wouldn't be going down there if Michigan wasn't a big time factor for him. And we'll have much more on that uh, in the days and weeks to come over the Michigan Insider. Remember, if you like this podcast, be sure to rate it. Be sure to review it. Tell all your friends about it. If you want the inside scoop, the inside dish. Not just on recruiting, but also. On the team, on practice, we got more scoop coming along those lines as well. Sign up right now over on Insider.com. You get in for a dollar for your first month. That gets you all the way through that big Washington game, by the way. And all the recruiting news is going to come out of that. So, again, be sure to tune back in to the next edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider.